Hey, bats, kiddos, Joker here, and you're listening to the Bob Culture Podcast. gentlemen welcome back to a very special what we call lifeline episode here on the bob culture podcast uh, super excited for this one you know the idea here guys is that we are going through a tough time in the world right now we always like to bring you entertainment celebrity interviews wrestler interviews movie reviews whatever we can here but right now i am just so fortunate to have so many members of the first response team clergy psychologists marriage counselors authors so many lifelines and i want to share those with you and someone right now, I'm just so excited to have them on my show, someone who has been a huge lifeline for me since December in my personal life. I'm had this person on my show two times, and since then have had the opportunity to converse with this person and have this person be a source for statistics and support in my life for groups, constantly checking in on me. And of course, this is the multiple-time Amazon best-selling author for the Breaking Through the Silence series an abuse survivor and host of the Breaking Through Our Silence podcast, uh, a good human being, and now right now being on the show three times, probably a future Bob Culture podcast Hall of Famer at this point. And of course, that's Miss Marissa Cohen. Marissa, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Oh, all things considered, you know, doing very, very well. I'm so thrilled to have you on and just thank you for giving your time to help uh, some people who might not be in a good situation right now. Uh, with the quarantine so what are kind of your thoughts right now well first of all how are you doing in all this how are you doing with this quarantine i'm i'm fine honestly i work from home all the time like i own i own two businesses i run my podcast i write books i'm a personal coach i'm a healing coach and a positivity coach so for me working from home is no different the only difference is now i share my office with my living boyfriend and so sometimes we have to take turns being on the phone one, but that's really the biggest adjustment. Absolutely. It's, and it's a big adjustment for so many people, you know, right now, you know, there's a lot of like stats and things like that people. And again, it's all hypothetical, but they're saying like the divorce numbers are going to skyrocket. Um, you know, this is going to be harmful to a lot of relationships just being kind of, you know, stuck together inside, whatever it may be. But more importantly, um, you know, there are people who may be in really dangerous, potentially very bad situations right now, and I see you doing the live streams. Uh, what are your kind of, I guess, thoughts right now about people who may be in a bad situation? Like, do you think this is a, a major concern right now? Absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up. So one of the major points in abusive situations is that sometimes they have a break. You know, sometimes the abuser will go to work, and so the survivor will have time to decompress and have time to figure out how to walk on eggshells, not walk on eggshells, and, and plan an escape if they're ready. You know, plan their, make their safety plan, and now, because it's 24-7 lockdown, number one, shelters aren't open. You know, shelters aren't bringing people in, so even if they did have the opportunity to run, if they're... Uh, if either they are an essential employee or their significant other that is abusive is an essential employee, there's still nowhere to go. 
You can't go to a family or a friend's house because everyone's locked down. You don't want to make anyone sick. You don't want to put anyone else in danger. Um, so really, it's a very dangerous time because not only, like I said, is everybody stuck together for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, but there's really nowhere to go. And one of the things that, thank you for bringing up my live stream, one of the things that I mentioned on my live stream, but also on a podcast episode of mine, on breaking through our silence, um, is I brought up that you don't want to invite uh, a survivor who's running right now into your home, even if it's a close friend or family member, because the abuser has nothing but time to find them. Oh, and you wow. would be putting them, right? Think about it. You'd be putting the abused, the victim, in more danger, because now when the abuser finds them, they're going to be even more mad. And you're putting yourself and whoever lives with you in danger because if the abuser comes to find the victim and they're in your home, they could knock down your door, they could cause harm to you and your family. It's just a very stressful time. And because nobody really has control of the situation and abusers are always looking for power and control, they feel very out of control. And so they're very volatile. And that stress and that chaos Wow, that's great. So I feel like every time you're on, I learn something, which is like, you know, I don't mean to laugh, but it's it's really just crazy how um, how much, you know, information you have. And, and that's a great way to look at it, just, you know, in, in terms of having someone over or something like that. So so people who may be potentially in danger uh, in this situation, I guess, what are some tips here? What What is, I mean, is there an answer? There are ways to check in on people. Like, so you know how when somebody is, maybe you don't, but when somebody is saying that they're suicidal or having ideations of suicide, you can call the police and have a welfare check done on them. And all the police are going to do is knock on the door and say, you know, hey, just checking on you. I, I had a concern. You know, are you okay? Are you, do you feel like you're in danger? And the, the person will either say, yes, I'm in danger, take me to um, a psych ward, take me to a 72-hour hold, or no, I'm not in danger, I was just uh, I was just feeling overwhelmed for a minute, but I'm okay. You can do the same thing without knocking on the door. You can call and text and send Facebook messages, and there's a million ways to, to contact somebody now and just do a welfare check. Hey, just checking in, how are you doing? Is there any support I can give you? And if they're looking... To, to leave as soon as quarantine's over, you can build a safety plan. I have a live video about that, too. There's three major components to a safety plan, and I can get into it if you want me to. Please. Uh, it's just a little long. I got nothing but so, time. No, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> how about this? I'll teach you how to make a safety plan. You teach me how to appreciate the first, the first draft Star Wars movies, episode four, five, and six. Not a fan. I like one, two, and three better. Wait, what? Wow. We might have to have a different, a different discussion, but yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's this could be a very different kind of podcast. But I, I digress. Oh, and real quick, uh, before I forget, Marissa, um, how can people? You know, I usually do the plugs at the end, but how can people get in touch with you? You know, obviously, you have been such a huge lifeline for me in the past few months. And you're always checking in, and I super appreciate that. And we talk on the phone, or we, we message, um, and it means the world to me. How can and I know people that just aren't 
necessarily in this quarantine time, but have been through some stuff. Uh, you know, I, I always tell them to reach out to you. How do people get in touch with you? So um, you can either reach out to me through Facebook. My name is Marissa Cohen. I also have my author page. It's Marissa F. Cohen. Um, either way is a good way to get in touch with me. Uh, my email is me, M-E, at MarissaFayCohen.com. You can go to my website and contact me that way. It all kind of goes to the same place, ultimately. Uh, but my website is MarissaFayCohen.com. Uh, <laughs> if you know how to spell my name, you can pretty much get in touch with me anyway. Obviously, you know, check out the podcast, too. Uh, it's really, really great. And just um, I think you just put one today that I really want to listen to as well. But there's there's so many good things on there, and, and people really get to kind of open up and talk about things. Or, you know, you're just such a helpful person in all of this. Uh, I super appreciate it. And speaking of, of which, there, there's a couple things we wanted to talk about here today. I believe this is a calendar. This is called the 365 Days of Transformation. Now, to, to me, it sounds like, like a workout or something like that. But what, what, is it, what is this exactly? So I wish that I could make a 365-day calendar uh, to physically transform, but I myself have gained a quarantine 15, so I would be a giant hypocrite to make a calendar about losing weight before it. Um, <laughs> Me too. Know, with, with, three, <laughs> with 365 days of transformation, is about, it's about emotional transformation. After you have gone through a traumatic situation, whether it be, you know, death of a loved one or, um, you know, an abusive situation or sexual assault, you change. You're, you're not the same person that you were, and you never will. And it's the unfortunate aftermath of abuse that you are a brand new person and now you can find who you are again. And that is a big part of the healing process is figuring out who you are and what works for you. The 365 days of transformation is all about finding what works for you to heal. There's 365 methods, techniques, activities to help you heal from your abuse or your trauma um, and create a positive, non-toxic, very healthy environment around you so these these activities range from you know uh, yoga and meditation to dealing with intention and experiencing things with intention which i get more into in the calendar but also creating gratitude um, and starting a hobby and 365 different things for every day for a year and if something doesn't work for you skip it and just go to the next day but it's all about healing and fighting for healing because nobody's healing is the same. But every method on this calendar has been either psychologically proven uh, or it has been experienced by a fellow survivor and worked for them or something that I've used that really worked for me. That's, that's crazy. And where can people find this or get this again? I'm sorry. Sorry about that. It is available on my website. MarissaFayCohen.com backslash sources and it's 365 days of transformation. Perfect. That's awesome. And you, you know, uh, as I'm talking to you, Marissa, you know, we're talking about, obviously you were one of the first people who came to mind when I want to do this kind of lifeline series on the show. Uh, I wanted to talk about some other projects you have. Uh, there's also something else called five days to confidence, I believe. Yes. Okay. What's that um, about? <laughs> Everybody can use a little more confidence. Even me. I would be lying if I didn't say that I've spent the last 
seven games on my boyfriend's Nintendo Switch playing Animal Crossing. Nice. I would be a liar <laughs> <laughs> because I was having like a really rough couple of days. And not not that anything traumatic happened since last week, but I just started, I was working on a project and it wasn't working out and I was feeding myself up and I finished myself off and instead Aww. of saying, what if you can do it yourself? so driven and it'll work out. It just takes a little finagling. I was sitting there telling myself, you're such a screw-up. Like, why can't you get this right? You're stupid. You're worthless. You can't do it. And all these things from my past that my abuser said were just coming up and they were taking in my brain. No and they way. Were up space. And it was horrible. Wow. But everybody experiences that. And it, it happens. Everybody needs a confidence boost. I created five days of confidence with that in mind. This is not just for people who have endured abuse or assault. This is for anyone. It works for everyone. It is so to the brim. It's only five days. Each day takes less than an hour. And it is so to the brim with justice and lessons and very not time-consuming, quick, easy activities that create concepts in your brain, change your self-talk, change your habits, and truly change your life. And I have to put myself through it for the next five days to make sure that I'm back on my game because next week I'm going to have to kick my butt in gear and work on my next two books. That's, uh, I mean, first of all, that's great that you did that. Um, secondly, I'm sorry to hear that, you know, I mean, I guess we all have rough patches, but, um, you know, for those that don't know, um, Marissa's been through some stuff. She was very open about it on our first episode of the podcast where we had her on. Uh, I believe it's also in your first book, uh, Breaking Through the Silence. And, um, you know, it's, it's crazy to think that little parts of that are, are still with you every day and, you know, little things where you have setbacks and it can, it can creep into your mind. Um, do you, do you find that happens with a lot of people that you work with? It happens with everybody. It's not abnormal for anyone. Uh, abuse victims or survivors or champions, I like to call them, um, to people who have not experienced that. We all have self-talk, right? The way we talk to ourselves is the way we view ourselves and our perception creates our reality. So if we're sitting here telling ourselves that we're stupid and we can't do it, then of course you're going to you know, feel that way. Of course it's going to affect your day-to-day. And everybody has bad days. I just find that on my bad days, what my abuser used to say to me, which was, you're stupid, you're worthless, you'll never you know, amount to anything. Those are things that creep back up. It's super common. That's, that's crazy to hear. Um you know, I'm sorry that like you had a little bit of a setback there. Like, you know, you you got a good head on your shoulders. You're helping so many other people, um, you know, always, you know, take care of yourself. And I know you will. And, and that's great. And thank you for opening up about that. Um, let me just say this and, and I'll pay you a few compliments. Like I said, it goes both ways. Uh, I hold you in such high regard, not only what you've done for me personally, but uh, also, uh, I mean, multiple time Amazon bestselling author. I mean, come on. Uh, more importantly, future Bob Culture, Bob Culture Podcast Hall of Famer. I mean, there you go right there. So. <laughs> Do I get an award for that? Uh, you know what? I think there may be, you know, if we're ever allowed to uh, leave our homes in the future, there may be a first ever Bob Culture Podcast uh, Hall of Fame awards. And there'll probably be some cool bands playing. So I'm all about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. You just let me know where to slide in your movie. All right. <laughs> It'll be an event. I can't, I can't wait. Something else you were talking about. Now, I have no idea what this is, and I think I was pronouncing it correctly. The Rue approach, R-U-H-E. What is this about? So the Rue approach 
healing some abuse is a method that I created. Five steps. I really like the number five because it's nice and round and easy. Nice. Um, <laughs> yes, my favorite. <laughs> Actually, choose my favorite number, but that's irrelevant. So the real approach uh, is all about healing from start to finish. Now, the first step in the rural approach is breaking your silence. Clearly something that I have a big passion for. I have a shirt that says break your silence on my wall right now for the clothesline project that I'm running. My books are called Breaking Through the Silence. My podcast is Breaking Through Our Silence. And one of the books that I'm writing right now is Breaking Through My Silence. So clearly this is something that I have a big passion for, is helping people speak about their abuse. Because until you speak about it, you're truly not going to be able to heal. Speaking is such a, a strong action that really releases that weight from your shoulders. And it, once you tell somebody, it's not, you're not holding on to it anymore. It's not holding you down. And so the next four steps all follow suit. So as soon as you break your silence, you can start your healing. Step two is to drop the victim mentality. You cannot be a victim anymore. You will not heal if you're still living in your victimhood. And then it goes to building confidence, which I spoke about before, um, finding resources that work for you. Therapy, traditional therapy doesn't work for everyone, and that's okay. You know, I'm not huge into talk therapy either. I talk all the to my friends or strangers or anybody in the universe about what happened to me. But sitting in a room with one other person while they take notes and listening to me and diagnose me, not my thing. And that's okay. Uh, it's not everybody's thing. Some people love it, some people don't. But this is a way to heal without using that and helps you realize that there's not one specific path to healing. It's a very personalized journey. That's uh it really hit home with me what you said, obviously, about kind of like that first step being speaking, you know, getting it out. Um, you know, I can relate to that. I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate to that as well. You know, I, I know people that are, like I said earlier, who are in some bad situations or coming out of very bad situations, whether it was, um, you know, physical abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse, uh, gaslighting, whatever it may be. And, uh, you know, I, I have shot a couple friends, you know, to get to get in touch with you. I really think that they should. And, um, I, I understand that it's pe- it's hard for people to kind of take that first step or like, why do I want to talk to a stranger? Um, but I also remember that story you told me on the last podcast where you had put your book up um, for sale at a cafe or whatever it was. And, and a couple gentlemen came up to you and told you their story. What would you say to people who are kind of afraid to kind of take that first step that you're talking about, about speaking about it and possibly even reaching out to someone like you? I'm all ears. And there's no judgment from me at all. If anyone feels comfortable reaching out and want to talk about their story, male or female, you know, you are welcomed with open arms here. I will always have your back, no judgment, all support. And I can help you find an avenue that works for you to start your healing. And I will not, like, pitch my stuff to you. That's not how I roll. Um, But... What I would tell people who are not comfortable talking to me about it is find somebody you are comfortable with, whether it be a close friend or a family member or someone who you feel totally comfortable with, that they will not judge you. They will only sit and listen and let you vent. And you can even tell them that, hey, I don't don't want your feedback. I don't want your opinion. I also don't want you to say, oh, my God, you need to do something. Just say, I just want you to listen. 
you know, just listen. I need to say something to get it off my chest. Just, you know, please just have my back. And then tell them, and if they don't give you the response you want, if they do get a little hyper or if they do get a little nervous, if they know it never mind, you can step back and find somebody that makes you feel comfortable. Beautifully said. And, and uh, I mean, I, again, I, I take so much from everything you say, but, you know, I can relate. I'm sure a lot of other people can relate, kind of taking that first step and reaching out and, and opening up, you know, I, I think, you know, especially in this time of quarantine or people going through things, whether it be through relationships, abuse, gaslighting, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I have such a fantastic support system. If, if I'm ever falling or in a bad situation, I'm able to open up to people and I have such a great support system. And it's almost like, you know, those friendships are there, but like when you fall or when you're being tested or however you may look at it, you really see who's there to catch you. And, uh, it is overwhelming to see the response you'll get from people. And, um, like the boys and I are very close and we'll talk, like, I hate talking on the phone. I am not, I'm just like a more, you know, shoot a text message. I'll be here. Boom, done, done from A to B, whatever. Uh, but now I'm talking on the phone all the time and, you know, all right, I'll see you. And it's all mushy. You know, like, all right, love you, bro. Yep. Love you, bro. You know, <laughs> it's just like, it's very, it's very healthy. You know, it's very, uh, they said it's a, the strong, uh, muscle for guys to flex now the, I love you and all that. And um, it's just like amazing. So I do encourage everyone to uh, communicate and reach out to the right people. Uh, you really see who has your back. And there's so many people like Marissa in the world that can help you go through whatever you're going through, especially in this crazy time. And Marissa, I also love that you said, uh, going back to our last podcast, it's not just a woman thing. It's a man thing. It's a human thing. Uh, doesn't matter. And I believe you have another project right now. I know you have a lot of stuff going on. Was this something about like the, the military or something you were talking about last time? Is this one of your upcoming projects? Yes. So one of my upcoming books is tied to a coalition that I am very proud to be a part of. We don't have a name for it. You can't really look us up. Um, but we are a group of people who either have worked for the military, uh, are currently in or working for the military, we used to serve in some branch of the military. And we recognize that the way that they handle sexual assault in the military is a big problem. Um, mostly because they keep it internal. So if somebody comes forward and says, I was sexually assaulted on deployment in Bahrain in 2007, or, or last week, you know, it is always handled the same. Even though the protocols are in place for it to be handled a certain way to keep the victim safe, it ultimately falls on the commander and it's at the commander's discretion whether or not they actually want to pursue a criminal investigation. Now, the way it's supposed to work is if there is an unrestricted report made, if the victim says, I want an unrestricted report investigation done on this soldier who actually assaulted me, the commander is supposed to 100% say, okay, got it. And then they pursue a 56 criminal investigation where it's very public and the, uh, the abuser or the perpetrator um, is taken care of and is, is investigated and ideally separated from everyone else because mm-hmm. they should be taken out of their position. Uh, that's not how it goes really ever. Um, and so we're working to fix that. We want the protocols to be changed. 
so they're more victim-centric. Now, for the most part, either the victim is silenced or uh, shipped off somewhere else, transferred or belittled and bullied and ridiculed and retaliated against until they leave. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's garbage. It's like a, for lack of a better term, it's like a boys club. You know, and that's not saying that men can't be abused in the military. That's not what I'm saying. But they all have each other's back. So we're trying to take it out of the hands of the military and create a coalition of trained people who know the protocols of the military and have it taken out of the hands of the military. So that if somebody comes forward, there's no bias, there's no, you know, quote-unquote boys club, there's no protecting perpetrators. It is all about making sure the victim is okay. Wow. You you just, uh, you know, I know you said you were bummed about the one project, but you got a lot of things going, Marissa. I think you're doing okay. Um, that's amazing. Really, really just so good to hear. And um, moving forward, you know, I know you got a lot of things brewing. Any other thing, you, anything else you want to plug or anything else you've been working on that uh, you want to plug? I know you said you're not about the plugs when you're working with people, but here, plug away. We're all about the shameless promo. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so I created, in the, in the beginning of Quarantine Nation, um, I put together a 30-day anxiety and depression-reducing bullet journal. And this is for everyone. It's available on Amazon. It's called uh, the Transitional Bullet Journal, 30-day Transitional Bullet Journal. Uh, and it is filled with reflections and activities and very calming, soothing things to help you if you're experiencing severe anxiety or depression in your lockdown, in your life, uh, it is it is built specifically to help you. And it is, I think, six ninety nine on Amazon. I want to make it affordable so everybody could use it. I know that money's tight for a lot of people. Um, so it's, I think I'm like, I think the, the royalty on it is like 30 cents. I just wanted it to be affordable. And available to anyone who needs it. Um, I'm also donating all the profit that I make from the sales of the 30 Days Transformational Bullet Journal uh, to a nonprofit. I'm still deciding between uh, Feed the Hungry, no, I'm sorry, Feed America and No No Child Goes Hungry. Um, I mean, either way, it's going to a great cause. But please, you know, if you don't, if you need it, buy it. If you know someone who needs it, send it to them. All you're doing is helping people, and it is such an easy thing to do, um, knowing that you're helping somebody or yourself if you need it, and strangers, you're feeding people. That that's amazing. And again, like, do do you ever stop? You're always helping people. You're always being so selfless. And, and I super appreciate that. I'm gonna throw a little curveball at you right now. Um, and it, feel, please feel free. You know, um, you know, I know you're gonna be very humble, but you know, you've worked with so many people, so many people have been able to talk to you and open up to you and, uh, tell their story or their survivor story. Um, these champions, as you call them, what is the feedback that you generally, you know, you know, I already hold you in, in such high regard. What is the feedback that you typically get from these people? And do they typically kind of reach out or stay in contact with you? What, what's the feedback you typically get? Well, first and foremost, I really am so grateful for all the kind things you say about me. I truly feel like I'm not as good as you make me feel, but I really, really appreciate the compliment. Um, for the, I mean, for the most part, everybody stays in touch with me. 
Uh, everybody from my book, I've had 17 plus 19. Oh, God, since now, 36 people wow. in my book that were published. Um, and I talk to all of them pretty regularly. I've also interviewed people for other books that haven't come out yet. So I plan on doing Breaking Through the Silence is going to be a series, and we're going to cross, you know, every demographic. Right now I'm working on one for the LGBTQ community, one for the military community, and, of course, I'm working on my story. I'm doing a memoir uh, of how I got to where I am now after everything I've experienced. Wow. Um, and I keep in touch with all of them, and everybody seems to be doing better. And if they have setbacks or bad days, they reach out and they talk through it. And, you know, I, I really hope that I'm helping people as much as I'd like to be. Um, you know, I I got a testimonial this weekend that really, I'm sorry, this week that really kind of used me when I said, I'm really happy to hear that. And it was about my speaking calendar. So I, I like testimonials. They make me really help. <laughs> they feel like what I'm doing is beneficial and really making the profound impact that I want them to. Well, I super appreciate that. It's kind of like not to compare anything that has, has gone on in my personal life is, is close to some of the things that you've heard or encountered in your life uh, for certain, but to be going from the interviewer to interviewee relationship to kind of having a, um, I don't know, free therapy <laughs> kind of relationship yeah. here. Uh, I do super appreciate that. And I'm glad that people stay in touch with you and people are able to um, feel, feel the same way that they take so much from this. And uh, before we get out of here, Marissa, any kind of closing thoughts or anything you want to say, uh, especially to the people who are in an especially bad situation right now with this quarantine? Ultimately, you are never alone. Whatever you experience is never as unique as you think it is. Um, everybody's experiences and the way that they, they feel things are different, and that's okay. But always know that reaching out, every time I tell my story, I get four stories back. And that's because Everybody knows somebody, and when you share your story, not only is it helping you, but you should be helping somebody else share their story. Um, always feel comfortable to share to me or find somebody. Make a list right now of three people that you think that in your worst moment would be there for you, and just keep it handy. Put it in your phone, in a room, send a text message to yourself, or write it in your journal. So make it a list of the three people that you think will not just you, take care of you, be there for you, do anything. And if you don't have anybody to write me on this, if they're in a moment of total darkness when you're if you're in so insecure, turn to that list, remember the list, turn to it, and reach out to one of those people. The darkest time is the most dangerous time, and it's also the time you need people the most. And it's, of course, the time that we don't think we have anybody in our corner. So taking the time right now to make that list really important. And in addition to that, start safety planning. I can send you the link to the Facebook Live video. It's about a half an hour long of in-depth safety planning. But right now, real quick. Yeah, please. Step one, of course. Step one, um, before you go, start packing things, little things. Make notes of phone numbers. Start a journal where you document everything, every threat. Every physical altercation, every emotional altercation, every verbal altercation, turn into as detailed as you can. Keep it hidden somewhere. Just 
start the journal because the journal is so important now later. And it sucks to do, it sucks to write it down, but you have to do it and hide it somewhere where, they, where your abuser will not want start packing little things like that you would need when you're ready to go, but not things that are important for you today. Things that the abuser won't notice when they say in a backpack or a purse or something and hide it somewhere where they won't know. Start dashing some money in a boot, in your sock drawer, wherever, where your abuser won't find it. And then when you're ready to leave, grab the necessity, grab your phone, grab medication, toys, clothes, whatever you need for any kit, and go. Have, have a plan. You know where you're going. Tell somebody. Tell people. Tell your children's school. Tell the police if you want an escort. They will escort you. They will sit outside the house with you or be in the house with you while you're leaving just in case you're in danger. But the more people you tell and the bigger uh, alliance and the bigger advocate group that you have and support that with you have, the easier that transition will be. And then after you leave, change your phone number, change any appointment, start going to different stores, keep yourself safe, do anything and everything you can to change your daily routine so that your abuser cannot find you. Wow, that's that's a lot. I, it's just like you have all the bases covered, and uh, that's really amazing. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, Marissa, and thank you again for a few minutes. Where can everyone get in touch with you? Real quick, like uh, email and all that. My email is me at marissafaycohen dot com. M a r i s s a s a y e c o h e n dot com. It's long. You can get me on um, Marissa S. Cohen or my personal Marissa Cohen. I just add you on both. I don't care. Um, I have a Twitter. I don't really use it that much, but it's Marissa S. Cohen. I have an Instagram, marissa.fay.cohen. I need to start being better at that too. Uh, and then my, my website is marissa.fay.com. Email me, reach out to me, contact me, set an appointment with me, whatever you want to do. You just want to chat and break your silence. There's a button for it on the website. Love it. Really great, as always, Marissa. Always a pleasure having you on. Uh, thank you so much for what, what you do for all of us. Continued success, and please stay safe. Thank you. You too.